and Rabbi Yosef. So when it comes to the amount of time which we saw to walk portions of a mill. So was it three quarters of a mill for it to be Benash Mashas? Or was it two thirds? So there was a disagreement between Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef. So says the Gemara, V'chalufa b'chalasa. So up to the Gemara, Lamatea Medalef, right at the top, the second line down. So says the Gemara, so V'chilufa b'chalasa. So we had an argument between Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef. So there Rabbi Yosef gave the larger measurement, whereas Rabbah gave the shorter measurement. So we have the opposite with a completely different machlokas, where there Rabbi Yosef gives the smaller measurement and Rabbah gives the larger measurement. So what's the argument? So Da'ama Rabbah. So the question is, when it comes to a, when it comes to um, a kli, so the question is, when something is considered a kli, then there's more potential to be able to move it in terms of muksa. So again, so muksa, there's a very broad definition just to say something which is a kli, it's more permitted in terms of muksa because we're going to see as the Masechta develops there's many different types of muksa. but in terms of being able to be more lenient without getting into the big discussion if something's considered a kli there's more potential for it to be lenient so say for, ex- for an example a stone a stone again unless it's really designated before Shabbos it's going to be muksa because it isn't a kli mm-hmm. so says the Gemara mm-hmm. so the discussion is how large so yes you've touched this before that certain kalim there's a minimum size in terms of how large the keli could be so the discussion is how big is this vessel does this container have to be in order for it to be st- still considered a kli once it becomes once it reaches a certain size it's too large to be considered a kli. So you have some sort of basket or some sort of container. So bas treikuri, if it's tukur, shori little tula, then it's still considered a kli, and therefore it wouldn't be muksa. Or vas tulasokuri, however, if it's threekur, then already osulital tula would be forbidden to move it. So this is the first mandama. This is according to Rabbah. Whereas Rabbi Yosef Amar Bas Tulasa Kuri Nami Shari Bas Abal Kuri Asa. So whereas Rabbi Yosef he gives the larger measurement. He says if it's three kur, it would still be permitted to move. Whereas if it's four kur, then it would be forbidden. So essentially, what's the argument? The argument is how big does this vessel have to be in order for it to be considered too large to be a kli? So rubber lands took two kur, it's a kli, three kur, it would be forbidden. Whereas Rabbi Yosef gives the larger measurement. He says three kur is still permitted, four kur would be forbidden, because then it's no longer a kli. So So now I asked Rabbah, at a time where it was Nagea, halacha so va'afilo bas treikuri laisharili, even where it was too cool, he doesn't permit it for me. So now, even though the argument was between two and three cool, here even too cool wasn't permitted. So kaman ki haytana detenan kaveres akash vekaveres hakonim ubar sefina Alexandria. So all these are different types of containers. So you have either a basket made out of straw or Rashi says when they went, they had these large ships, they used to have these large vessels of water because obviously the sailors, they can't drink seawater. So they used to have these large containers of regular water. Even though they have a rim, they contain 40 sa when it comes to fluids. 
So this is the inter interesting definition. Normally, 40 sol when it comes to a kli, that's the cutoff point. Shehem kuraim biyavish. So this is two kul or six isar with something dry. So says the Gemara. So what does this mean? So toharim it would be tar. So amabai shmamina hai good shatilsa hava. So the equivalent, in other words, there's two different measuring sticks. That's if it's for wet produce, if it's fluid, it's 40 sar, whereas if it's dry, it's 60 sar. And therefore the container for something which is dry is a third larger than a container for something which is a fluid base, because it's 20 sar larger than something which is a container for fluids. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is going back. The pile, the heap on the top of a, of a dry, of dry stuff on the top of a vessel is a third of its volume. It's a lot. Well, it depends on what sort of material, but certainly you could envision. You can't think of that? How much of an overflow could you have? I don't know. I'm just trying to picture a, a cylindrical vessel with a heap at the top of flour, let's say. It doesn't pile, it piles a few inches high, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, but I think, remember, if it's a large clear, then there's more room to contain more. If it's, if it's a very small vessel, then you're right, how much could it already hold? But if it's a really large vessel, then it, it seems to be there could hold more content on the top. It would form a cone, wouldn't it? Sorry? It would form a cone at the top. Yeah, it could be, yeah. yeah I mean, and I, I guess if the, if the vessel was... Um, short but wide it could pile up more than if it was a narrow cylinder now, you know in the um, in the good old days i mean measure a bushel they had the big big brass vessels which they used the standard measure yeah pile it. They would heap it but would you think the heap would be a third the volume of the whole thing it's a lot anyway never mind. Depends, sorry it, it, me, height, me. it would depend on the height of the cylinder yeah yeah, as I say, yes, if it was wide, and if, if it's the same volume, it was wide and short, then you could pile up more. Yeah, it must be in the British standard cylinder. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's good. It's good. Okay, so now we're going back to the, this is what Michael Abrams brought up the other day. So we're discussing Benash Moshes, and we had an opinion, according to Rabbi Huda, where the eastern side of the sky is still red and again there's dis different discussions with Amarom does that mean the entire eastern side of the sky or is it the lower half or the upper half but whatever the discussion was it was to do with the eastern side of the sky being red so Abaya Chazil Rava took he was looking out to the west to discuss to see the color of the sky so Amalei Vatanya calls a man Mizrach Madimin. Why are you looking towards the west? The defining point was the eastern side of the sky. So Amalei, Misfars Pene Mizrach Mamesh. Do you think it means literally the eastern sky? It means like Panem Hamadimim Esa Mizrach. It means the western part, as Michael Abrams points out, the sun sets in the west. And therefore you're talking about the when the sun is setting on one side, it reflects to the other side. And therefore you're really talking about the western side and how it reflects to the eastern side. So Omar Rava, so Ikadami Rava Khazilabai to Kadavila Mizrah, so Rava Swabai who was looking to the eastern side, Amale Mi Savras Pene Mizrah Mamesh, it doesn't mean the eastern side it means it means the side which makes the eastern side red so we're not referring to the eastern side itself we're referring to the west side which makes which reflects light onto the eastern side the simonic kafta and the simon is a it's like a window so in other words when you're looking through a window one side could be light and that's reflecting onto the other side so Reb Nechemia Aimekadeshi Yahalech Adam Mishetishka Chamachat Simil. So Reb Nechemia gave a measurement 
of going down from the sun setting half a mil. That's the time of Bein Ashmashas. So when the sun sets, there's enough time to travel um, half a mil. So Amar Ebchanina, I write to Leda Shiyur Shah Reb Nechemia. So someone who wants to know the measurement of Reb Nechemia. So Yaniyah Chama Bereish HaKamel. So there's a mountain which is Harakamel. So he should leave. Um, so Rashi says, so when the sun sets, because it's by the sea, it looks like the sun is at the top of the mountain. So at the time when the sun is setting, it looks like the sun is on the top of the mountain. So, you should leave the sun which is at the top of the mountain. For Because this mountain is by the sea, you should go down the mountain and dip in the sea. For Yaland come out. This is the amount of time of Reb Nechemia. So, Reb Nechemia, who says is the amount of time to go half a mil after the sun setting. Again, it's an interesting definition, but the. Gemara is saying, from when the sun is at the top of Harakamel, the time it takes to go down from the top of the mountain into the sea, and then come up. So, Amar Reb What's the position of the sun got to do with that? Sorry, I don't, I think it's just in terms of the Shkiasachama. So, Reb Nechemi is saying Shkiasachama is, you count half a mil from Shkiasachama. So, so yeah, the, but I mean, it takes it the same length of time to come down from the caramel yeah, to, you're the, right. to the sea and dip and go back up again, is yeah. it? Yeah, no, you're right. So I think he's saying to experience uh, the Beinashmashas. You're right, it could have given that measurement by saying, if you want to see... You're saying if, if the sun was at the top of the caramel when you started this process, you, that, you would do it through the whole of Beinashmashas. Right, that's exactly. Saying. That's what you'll end up with, with Beinashmashas. Okay. So why you're, is it in the sea? Is he using the sea as a mikveh? That's, it's interesting. It just seems to be... In terms of the time frame. Take his bucket and spade with then. Hmm? <laughs> what did you say? Take his bucket and spade with. Yeah. So, so is he standing on the top of Mount Carmel? Yeah. The, the damn panorama is, yeah? Yeah. Yes. So Tyson... <laughs> well, it's quite a way down to the sea. Yeah, we went on the, on the railway, on the... Uh, no, it's on the... Um, or whatever it is. On the mayor's balls, it's called, locally. Yeah, so Taisfus, he actually adds, he disagrees with Rashi. He says, the fact that you're mentioning Tavila, it has to be Nagea Halaki, otherwise why mention Tavila? So he says, the fact that we use Tavila is to tell you that if he managed to dip in this time frame, it's still considered before nightfall. So Taisvah stands as actually a halachic point to mention to Vila. Rashi seems to be saying it's just a length of time. Of course, it, depending on where you are on the planet, it's yeah. different, right? If you're yeah, it's a... Viv and you watch the, the sun go down off the sea, it's very, very fast. If you're somewhere like in Texas, you watch the sun go down in West Texas, it takes longer. Yeah, you're right. That's probably why they gave the example of this mountain, because the, when the sun will be at the top and him getting down, that would be the amount of time. So it wasn't Mount Hood. Sorry? It wasn't Mount Hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, according to Taisfus, then it addresses your point, because we're not just giving an amount of time, it's more giving a halakhic difference. Rashi seems to be saying that's just... It's not saying halakhically, but when you come up, that would be nightfall. In other words, when he gets to the top, or no. on his way up to the top? No, no, in other words, he goes from the top, down to the bottom, into the sea, yeah. dips... So he, he's, he, he does his Avila during the, it's still day? Well, that's what how Tysfus says, it would still be considered yeah, so, day. But in terms of getting back up, at some stage, it's already night? Yeah, so when he comes out of, out of the sea. Mm. Again, it's very subjective, because, you know, how long does it... Is he just going straight from the walk, straight into the mikvah? It's a very... Interesting definition. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's a bit of a it's a very vague definition. Okay. So Amr Abkia, I write Someone who wants to see 
the better of Miriam. So Miriam's well gave water to Klalisron in the desert. So someone who wants to see it, Yala Lurisha Carmel, he should go to the top of the mountain. So he'll see some sort of rock in the sea. And this is Miriam. So if you'll see a round rock, so this is the well of Miriam. So Amarav, so Ma'ain Hamataltal Tahar Vizel Be'erasha Miriam. So there's a big. So again, so the moment is similar to what we were saying before with the container. When you make something a kli, there's different halakhas to it. So previously we said a kli, in terms of muksa, there's more room to be lenient with a kli, with a keli, than to an item which isn't a keli. Whereas with tuma, the more something is a keli, the more potential it has to be makabal tumma. Again, it's a very broad definition because there's different halakhas to different type of kalim. But general principle, the more something is considered a keli, the more susceptibility it would have to be makabal tumma. So if you have a portable well, which is referring to the well of Miriam, that won't be a source of tumma. And therefore the water which the well of Miriam gave, it could be halakhically considered a mikvah. And that's the halacha. So says the Gemara Father, Om Rabbi Yehuda, Om Ashmol. So Bain Hashmashes to Rabbi Yehuda, Kaihanim Taivlim So we had in three different opinions, Bain Hashmashes. We had Rabbi Yehuda, which gave the amount of time in terms of the sky turning red. We had Rabbi Nechemia, who says it's to do to walk half a mil once the sun sets. Whereas we have Rabbi Yaisi, who says it's literally just an instant. In other words, the day ends, the night starts. So we have a saying, So the which is the discussion in terms of the sky turning red, the kaihanim they could taivel. So remember, the kaihanim they need to go to mikvah and then have sunset in order to eat the truma. So we're saying the beinashmashes of Rabbi Huda, the kaihanim could go into the mikvah. So Laman, If you're saying the Bain of Rabbi Yehuda, which is the sky turning red, again subject to the disagreement to the Amaram exactly how much of the sky. But however you learn according to Rabbi Yehuda, if you're saying that the Kohanim could tivel in it, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's Bain What's Bain Ashmashus? Bain Ashmashus is a suffix. Is it day? Is it night? So how could you say the time which is Bein Ashmash is according to Rabbi Huda, the Kahanim could go to the Mikvah, if we're going according to Rabbi Huda, that's a big suffix, because we're not sure it might be night time. So this point of time according to Rabbi Huda, so Rabbi Huda was saying when the sky turns red, again subject to debate amongst the Amaran, the lower half or the upper half, or entirely dark, but whatever the exact definition of Rabbi Huda's opinion is, according to Rabbi Yaisi, Kahanim Kataivl in it. So Rabbi Yaisi says, Bein Ashmashas is instant, a moment just before night time, whereas there's no extended period of Bein Ashmashas, according to Rabbi Yaisi. In which case, the Gemara is saying, if you say this time of Bein Ashmashas, according to Rabbi Huda, Kaihanam could be taifalit. Maybe we're saying according to Rabbi Yaisi. So this time frame which Rabbi Huda gives for Bein Ashmashas, according mm-hmm. to Rabbi Yaisi, Kaihanim could taifal in it. So says the Gemara Peshit, it's obvious. So says the Gemara Maudutema, Bein Ashmashas to Rabbi Yaisi, Meshach Shaykhibid Rabbi Huda. So in other words, the Chidosh is, we have two different opinions. We have Rabbi Huda and we have Rabbi Yaisi. Now the question is, when Rabbi Yaisi says it's an instant, at what stage does this instant happen? Is that the last moment of the Bein Ashmashas according to Rabbi Yehuda? Or is it the moment the Bein Ashmashas of Rabbi Yehuda finishes, then you have Rabbi Yaisi's moment? So Rabbi Yaisi says, Bein Ashmashas is for a moment. When is this moment? Is this the last moment of Rabbi Yehuda's Bein Ashmashas? Or after Rabbi Huda's Bein Ashmashas moment ends, then that's the moment. 
So when does Rabbi Yossi's moment start? So the Gemara says the Chiddush is by saying you, a Kaihanim could be Taival during the Bein Hashmashas of Rabbi Yehuda. We're saying according to Rabbi Yossi, because according to Rabbi Yossi, Bein Hashmashas is only a moment. And what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is Rabbi Yossi's moment starts only once Rabbi Yehuda Bein Hashmashas ends. And that's why Kaihanim could still be Taival. Whereas Rabbi Yossi, if Rabbi Yossi's Bein Hashmashas were to start at the end of Rabbi Yehuda's Bein Hashmashas. So when Rabbi Yossi says it's a moment, that moment is only at that. That moment is the last moment of Rabbi Yehuda's Bein Hashmashas, then it won't be so simple to say Kohanim could go to Mikvah in the Bein Hashmashas of Rabbi Yehuda. Because then you're going to have to say as long as it isn't the last moment. So Kamash Malan to Shalom Bein Hashmashas to Rabbi Yehuda, for Hazda Maskel Bein Hashmashas to Rabbi Yossi. So the Chiddush is the Bein Hashmashas of Rabbi Yehuda finishes, and then Rabbi Yossi's Bein Hashmashas starts. So Amar Rabbi Bachana Amar Rabbi Yechon Halacha Rabbi Yehuda leInyan Shabbos. So the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda in regards to Shabbos that Bein Hashmashas starts earlier. Rabbi Yehuda is an earlier stage to Rabbi Yossi. For Halacha Rabbi Yossi leInyan Truma. Whereas the halacha is like Rabbi Yaisi in regards to trauma. So in other words, by making a difference in terms of the psak. So in regards to Shabbos, you paskin like Rabbi Huda. In regards to trauma, you're paskining like Rabbi Yaisi. So that shows he's a suffix. When do we consider Bein Hashmashas? In which case, whenever there's a suffix, you always go l'chumra. You can't say, I'm not sure... And therefore, I'm going to follow both opinions and be lenient. When you're ever, when you're ever not sure which opinion is correct, you have to go lechumra. So the Gemara says, "Bishleim halacha Rabbi Yehuda leinyan Shabbos lechumra." So we understand the halacha follows like Rabbi Yehuda. So when we use the earlier definition of bein Hashmashas, which is Rabbi Yehuda, and we say the halacha follows the earlier bein Hashmashas, that's lechumra. In regards to when? Shabbos. So because we use the earlier definition according to Rabbi Huda, then you can't do Malacha a lot earlier than the Bein Hashmashas of Rabbi Yaisi. Because the moment you have Bein Hashmashas, Friday afternoon, it hits Bein Hashmashas, all of a sudden, I'm not sure, is today, is this moment Friday night? Or is it still part of Friday day? And therefore, to take on the earlier definition of Bein Hashmashas is creating a Chumrah. Because you have to stop doing Malacha earlier on in the day. But in regards to Truma, where is it a Chumrah? To, say, to take on the later definition of Bein Hashmashas, like Rabbi Yaisi, which is the instant just before night time, where is the Chumrah in that? So, if it's in regards to Tevila, so again, the Kayan, if he wants to eat Truma, he has to go to Mikvah and have nightfall on the same day as Mikvah. If he goes to Mikvah during the night, he has to wait for the next night. So that's the Allah. The Kayan has to go to Mikvah during the day and have nightfall after he's gone to Mikvah. So in which case, if you're taking on the later definition of Bein Hashmashas in regards to Mikvah, then it's a leniency. Why is it a leniency? Because essentially you're saying the earlier stage of Bein Hashmashas, if you paskin that we go with the later stage in regards to Truma, and that's in regards to Tevila, then the earlier stage of Bein Hashmashas according to Rabbi Huda, the coin goes into the Mikvah, and what's the Allah according to Rabbi Yaisi? It's a valid tevila for that day. Because we're saying Bein Hashmashas is Rabbi Yaisi, which is the later time. So that's a leniency. You're not going to Chumrah. If you take on the earlier time is Bein Hashmashas, the moment the coin goes to the mikvah during that earlier time, then it isn't valid. Because you're not sure. Maybe it's already night time. And therefore when Mr. Kain went to mikvah in the earlier definition of Bein Hashmashas, he can't eat Truma that night. He's going to have to wait till tomorrow night because maybe Bein Hashmashas 
which is the early definition, is already night. By you saying you follow the later definition of Benashmashas, in which case the earlier definition is still valid day. And therefore, were Mr. Kind to go into the mikvah, in the Benashmashas of Rabbi Huda, if you say that Allah follows that Rabbi Yaisi in regards to Truma, and therefore we're going to take the later definition, then it's a leniency. Because according to Rabbi Yaisi, as he says, Benashmashas is later, if he goes to mikvah in the earlier time, it's still valid, it's still during the day. So says the Gemara, truma. It's re- in other words, the halacha is in regards to eating truma. So this is a very slight chumrah. So the kahanim, they have to go to mikvah during the day, and then nightfall, they could have truma. So in which case, because Rabbi Yudha says the earlier stage is Benash Mashas. So say the Kohen was as Zoris as Kahanim should be, he went to Mikvah that morning. So the moment nightfall happens, he's permitted to eat Truma. So if you take the earlier definition of Benash Mashas, the moment you finish the earlier definition of Benash Mashas, it's considered night, Mr. Kohen could eat Truma. By taking on the later definition of Benashmashas in regards to eating truma, we're actually being more strict. And we're saying the coin could only eat truma at the later stage of Rabbi Yaisi. And that's why it's Lachumra. If we'd go according to Rabbi Huda, the moment the earliest stage of Benashmashas passes, you're at night time. And therefore Mr. Coin could eat truma. By taking on the later definition, we're saying he has to wait till the latest definition of Benash Mashas to pass, and then he could eat Truma, even though it only might be a moment. So this is interesting definitions. If you have one star in the sky, it's day. Shnaim Benash Mashas, two stars. Is Benash Mashas. Shlosha, three stars. Lila is night. So Tanya Nami Hachi, Kaikhav Echad Yaim, Shnaim Benash Mashas, Shlosha, Lila. So Amr Abiyasi. So when we give the definitions of day, night, and Benash Mashas using stars, like a Chavim Gadailim Hanirim Biyaim, we're not talking about large stars which are seen during the day. For like a Chavim Katanim She'ein Nirin. Ella Belila, and neither small stars which could only be seen at night. Ella Beninim is referring to middle sized stars. But I'm not sure, I haven't seen halachically, but I would think nowadays the star's visibility is very different to how it would be before modern technology, because then everywhere wouldn't be as bright. So I'm not sure exactly if we'd use these definitions even nowadays. But in those days, it was certain. The Gemara is giving a valid way to decide when night time is. Or Bein Ashmashas. So Amr Rabbi So whatever the definition of Bein Ashmashas is, this is an interesting point. It makes a massive nafkamina in terms of Shabbos. It makes a difference on both ends. So say someone does a Malacha, Bein Ashmashas on Friday. Was he for sure over Shabbos? No, because Ben Ashmashas was saying, it's a suffix, it might be day, it might be night. And therefore, if he does Malacha Ben Ashmashas on Friday, he definitely shouldn't, because he's putting himself in the potential suffix, because it might be Friday night, but it still might be Friday day. So just by doing Malacha Ben Ashmashas on Friday, he hasn't for sure been Machal Shabbos. Now, why to do Malacha Ben Ashmashas on Friday, and also Shabbos. Then for sure, between both of them, he's done a malacha. In other words, if Ben Ashmashas is day, so Friday Ben Ashmashas, he's done nothing wrong, because Ben Ashmashas is day. But because he also did a malacha Ben Ashmashas Saturday night, if you treat Ben Ashmashas as day, when's this person done malacha? On Shabbos itself. And vice versa, if Ben Ashmashas is night time, if he does Malacha Ben Ashmashas Saturday, well, it could be night time, 
it's Matzah Shabbos. But because he did Malacha Bein Hashmashas on Friday, if it's night time, he's done Malacha Friday. And therefore the Gemara says, if a person does a Malacha Bein Hashmashas on Friday and Shabbos, then he's for sure done a Malacha between both of them. Are you saying that Bein Hashmashas is Vada'i day or night, but we don't know which it is? Is that the nature of the Suffolk? I always thought the Suffolk was that it's fundamentally a period of doubt. As a Machlaikas Rishonim, the rich... Two Sveikas don't make a whole, so yeah. it, it doesn't follow that he'd monarch Shachas has broken Shabbos one time or the other. Yeah, so the Ritvas... The yeah, so the Ritvas says it, it has elements of both. Whereas Rashi says, if we go back, what's the first... I'll just get the Lush and Rashi. Um... Lashon Rashi and Bereshis. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting Gemara, this. The Yerushalmi also in the beginning of Brachas talks about this. The Pasuk says, So Hashem finished on the seventh day from all the Malach which he did. So the obvious question is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't finish on day seven, he finished on day six. So what does it mean to say he finished the Malacha on day seven? So Rashi brings down two Pshatim. So the second Pshat is that on day seven itself there was a creation which is Manucha. So whatever this means, Manukh itself is a creation. But the first Rashi, first Peshat Reb Shimon Aymer, Bas of Adon Itov Uragav. So human being, we can't be exact. So Sarich Lahaisiv Mechal Ala Kaidesh. Then because we can't be exact, therefore we can't start, stop doing Malach exactly when Shabbos comes in. Therefore we have to add something which is really weekday, we treat it as Kaidesh. Whereas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shiyadea Itav Uragav Nechnas Baikachut HaSara V'nirech Ilo Kala Bayayim And therefore it seems as if it's finished on that day. So it's a very interesting point. He's saying Hashem finished the Malach on day 7. Not because He did. It's only because for us we don't have an exact definition of when day 6 ends and day 7 starts. To us it seems it might have started day 7. So that implies that Bein itself is a time of Suffolk. We're not sure is it day or is it night. Whereas other is Shining Land, it's not, we're not sure is it day or is it night. It has both elements to it. Not that we're not sure and that's why we treat it as both. It's more, it itself is a time of both. <laughs> The Pirkei Avos says that there were some things created by Nashmashas of, of Yamashishi. Right. The Yamashvi. So that's almost a proof. If, if, if in fact, um, that was considered that he was finished by Yamashvi, then Ben Nashmashas is night. It's only presented to us. That's that's what the that's what Rashi is saying. It's only presented to us in terms of day seven because we can't be exact. Not that it was day seven. That's what Rashi is saying. HaKadosh Baruch is exact, so really it should be day 6. But because we can't be exact, it seems day 7. That's ambiguous. Yeah. But Rashi says, He also adds that in. It's not that he does a malacha one moment in Bein Hashmashas. He's doing malacha for the entire Bein Hashmashas. And therefore the question is, how do we treat Bein Hashmashas? Is it day or is it night? Whereas other Rishonim will say, no, Bein Hashmashas is both. But Rashi is saying, look, it's either day or night. We're not sure. And the person is doing malacha throughout the entire time.
So Amale Rava Leshamet. Rava said to his Shamash, Atun delay Kimlachu Bishirud Rabbanat. So you, with us, we're not certain about the measurements of Rabbanan, Benash Mashas. And therefore, Adashim Shema Aresh Dikling. Also, Shag. In other words, use your definitions. If the sun is over the top of the palm trees, then take that as Benash Mashas. So, biyayim hamaunan mai. So, what should you do in a cloudy day where you can't see the sun? So then, b'masa chazi tangola b'davar ova inami adani. So, in other words, there's various. In other words, if you're in a place where there's chickens, then the chickens start going in the moment you start hitting benashmashes. Or in other places, it's the ravens which go in. Or in other places, there are these types of plants where sort they sort of face the sun. So as the sun goes down, they was facing a different direction. So if you follow this vegetable, then you'll have a sign when it starts having night. So when it's when it Rashi says when it's night time, then it's really facing towards the west. So Tan Rabbanu Sheish to Kiyos Token Erev Shabbos. There were six to Kiyos which they'll blow Erev Shabbos. So Rishon Ela Havtelas Sa'amim Melacha Shabbos Shabbos so the first one, the people who worked in the field, which wasn't immediately in town, so they needed to travel a bit more. So the first blast was for them to stop doing malacha. The second one was to stop the city and the shops from doing malacha. The third blast was to light Shabbos candles. So shlishis lachlites to fill in. The third blast was to remove tefillin. So we know we don't wear tefillin on Shabbos. So there's an argument. Was the third blast that they did, was that the time to light candles? Or was it to remove tefillin? So from the third blast, there was wait a bit of time either to cook a small fish or to put bread into the oven. For Taikea, they'll do a Tukia, or Meriah as a Trua. For Taikea, and another Tukia. For Shavis, and that Shabbos, Malach is forbidden. So they'd have three blasts. First blast is to go in from the field. Second blast, close the shops. Third blast, subject to Machlaikas. Was it to light candles, or was it to remove the Tefillin? Then there would be a short respite between the third blast, enough to cook a small fish or to put the bread into the oven, which is a small amount of time to do last-minute malachas. Um, and then you'd have the tukia, turua, and the tukia. So Shimon ben Gamliel. So manas alahem lebavlaim. What should these Babylonians do? Shetaykin umarian v'shavis. So where they do a tukia and then a turua. So me taich marin, taich in the marin, have a little chamisha. So in other words, there's only five. Ela shetaichin v'chayzrin v'taichin, or marin, and then they do a teruah. V'shayis and b'saich, marin minak avaysena biyadein. So they'd had a different minak. So instead of going to kia, teruah to kia, and then stop doing melacha, they would stop doing melacha from the and that was the Minak. So the second blast was Lahadlik Esaneh. So we have a third version which said the second blast was when you lit the candle. So command like Nasi. So we said two opinions. Either the third blast was for lighting Shabbos candles, or the third blast was to remove the tefillin. But if they're saying the second blast was to light candles, which opinion are they following? So So he says he changed it, it was the third one. And that's like Grimnasan. So Six blasts. So when they do the first blast, so when they did the first blast, then everyone in the field will stop doing malacha.
So if you picture they had fields, some would be closer to the town, some would, some would be further away from the town. So the moment they did the first blast, they would all stop doing Malacha, and they would have to wait for everyone to join, and then all go into town together. So the people in the fields closest to the town, they shouldn't go straight into the town. They should wait for the people in the fields which are further out and then go into the town. Yeah, so Rashi says, because if you're going to have different groups of people, if the, in other words, if the fields which are closer to the town would leave straight away on the first blast, and then the ones who are 20 minutes away would come in 20 minutes later, what's everyone going to say? Oh, those people who are coming in 20 minutes later, they use those extra 20 minutes to do malacha. Really, they just happen to be a bit further out. But in order to remove the chashad, they said everyone should go in together. There shouldn't be different groups of people which will be open to different chashadis. Moshe, do you know if you're blowing the shofar from the middle of the town, the edge of the town? Because in terms of the distance, it's got to travel. It's interesting. In. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was also thinking that. Huh? You're blowing it from your mouth. No. Nice to hear your voice. Let's look it up. Hang on. Um, it's the mission of Shulchanot brings down the Minag. Let's see if he talks about it. Does this have anything to do with the uh, Tosefet, which we add to the time? Yeah. Yeah, so there'll be a bit earlier. It must have been up in Yerushalayim there more. Yeah. Well, not perhaps of a different reason. Yeah, so the Mishnah Bura talks about of a killer's Gedalus so these large killers, she after Lahachris where it's impossible to announce, then it's advisable that there will be people who would spread out. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, so Mark's right, word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. So, so the shops would still be open. The trees in Munchen and the shutters will still be open. There's blow the second blast. And then the shutters will go down. And they lock the shops. This, by the way, at the end of the parak, there's normally a hint to the discussion of the next parak. So the next parak is all about leaving pots and all the different types of stoves and all the halachas about cooking. So this is one of the segues. So leaving the pots with hot food on the stove. So the moment they blew the third blast, so anything which had to be removed from the fire would be removed. And anything which had to be insulated, they would insulate. And then they would light. They would leave a bit of time to roast a small fish or to put dough into an oven to reach the point where it would be allowed to be left in the oven, which is the outside to develop a crust. For takea umaria for So they do a takea tura takea and then rest. So Amrabiasi Brebchanina Shamati Shimba Lahadlik 
madlik. So that means if a person left his Shabbos candles till late, and he was one to light after the six tukiyos, he's able to light. So he says logically, whoever's blowing this shaifa, he's going to need to take his shaifa back to his house. And therefore you've got a very small window of opportunity. After all the blasts have been blown, you have a small window of opportunity because the Chazal had to allow time for the one who's blowing it to get back. And therefore even after they've blown, you have a small amount of time. So I'm You can't do that because the moment you say Tukia, Terua, Tukia, after the final Tukia is Shabbos, you can't start saying, well, although we say it's Shabbos, but you still have an extra minute or two to account for the person who blew the shaifa to take his shaifa back. Because then you're just, again, you're just ruining it. Things. You're nasata devarecha l'shiur and you're not being consistent. So what's that lacha? Elamakam sunoa yesha lechazan hakneses b'rosh gagai. So whoever's blowing the shaifa, he had a place to hide his shaifa at the top of the roof. And therefore, as soon as he blew, he'd put his shaifa away. And therefore there wasn't a time for the person who's blowing to go bring his shaifa back into his house. You can't move a shaifa and you can't move a trumpet. But we said you can move a shaifa but you can't move trumpets. So an individual person, he can move a shaifa. Whereas if it's the shaifa for the community, you can't. So Why are you making the difference between an individual shaifa or communal shaifa? Why would you say an individual shaifa won't be muksa? Because although it's something which is normally used for something forbidden, to create sand, but you could um, use that as some sort of straw or draw water with it. Because you could give a. Tra- oh, this is the duff. Yes, yeah, so let's just go a few minutes, we'll turn over, it's a short duff. So, because you could give a poor man's child, because you could give a child water, therefore an individual could use the shaifa for Shabbos. So, says the Gemara. But if you have a communal shaifa, so there's a poor child, it's a responsibility on the community. And therefore you could use the community shaifa to give water to the child. So the Gemara says, why are you making a difference between an individually owned shaifa, that you can move it, to communal based shaifa where you can't? If you're saying an individual based shaifa could be used on Shabbos, a community based shaifa, could also be used on Shabbos. So the soul had a tiny kashem shemetaltalin as a shaifa, kach metaltalin as a The same as you could move a shaifa, you could also move a trumpet. Mani, who does this go according to? So we have three different prices. We have two extremes one which forbids carrying a shaifa and a trumpet, another extreme which permits carrying both, and then we have one which is halfway. So it permits a shaifa but forbids a trumpet. So who's this opinion? So in other words, we have three different opinions when it comes to Muksa. So Reb Shimon, bear in mind, Reb Shimon, as Alex knows, is always the more lenient when it comes to Muksa. And therefore Reb Shimon permits moving both a shaifa and a trumpet. So Reb Nechemia, he's the one who's the strictest. He says you can't move either. Whereas Reb Yehud is the one who's in the middle. He says a shaifa could be moved, whereas a trumpet can't be moved. So my shaifa, so when it says shaifa, what's it referring to? So the phrase shaifa and chatzaitzros are used interchangeably. Because Reb Chizda, 
so it could be a bit confusing, but there were three things which the name got changed once the base of Migdash was destroyed. So, Shufra and Shufra was previously called a Chatzaitzras, is now called a Shaifa, was previously called a Shaifa, is now Chatzaitzras. It's a bit confusing. So the word for Shaifa and trumpet got switched. So we need to know what's referred to as a Shaifa for Rosh Hashanah. So Arava Safsafa and Safsafa Arava. So shame Flussy isn't here. So we know we took we take the Arava for the Abaminim. Now there's a species which is called Safsafa, which is very similar. So they changed what they previously described as a Safsafa now became an Arava. And again, what difference does it make? The Mainaf Kamina, Lululuf, Lululuf, for Lulav, Pesura, Pesuta, Pesuta, Pesura. So these are different types of tables. So one large, one small. And you need to know the definitions because if a person promised to sell a pesura or a pesota, we need to know which one the lawyers need to know, which one is the larger table, which one is the smaller table to honor the contract. So Amabaya Af Anunaima Hovlila base kisse and base kisse hovlila. So there's different parts of the stomach. So we know those who recall Cholin, there were four different stomachs. And two of the names, they got interchangeable, or they got switched. And again, If you have a needle which is found in one of these stomachs, which is called Beis if it's on one end, it's kasha, two ends, it's treif. Also, two different names were changed, bava to bosov. So, what's the nafkamina? For get of women. So, we know when it comes to a woman's get, you have to be very strict with the definition of the place. And therefore, because these two names switch around, you need to define which one is which in order to have the correct name on the get. Yes, we call a day. Call a day tonight. Tomorrow? No, wait. Oh, Moshe, the guy who yeah. showed up, he had to have yeah. somebody else like right? Sorry? 